mom died a couple years ago, so I moved in with my dad because he wasn't doing so well. And he died a couple weeks later, and my family wasn't crazy about the message I left on the answering machine. Hi, this is Mick. I'm not here right now, and everyone else is dead. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. The towering towers of Manhattan, reinforced concrete, steel, and glass, packed into Midtown like thousands of immense pushpins, all vying to mark the same spot on a God-sized map of the world. And that spot is the city about which God feels the most ambivalent. Because that's what he gets from the people here. And when I say that... Please check the box next to true. I can speak from the heart of every knickerbocking resident of the five boroughs. Not only is my intel good, it's divine. Empirically evident in the equivocally quizzical facial expressions, which are identical in the stock trader, the Jamaican nanny, and the lout. Laws of nature. It's actually like finding money on the ground. The natural laws, almost an, an oxymoron. And when you, given that the divine principle seems to be chaos. Not that it's a bad thing, it's the hand of God. And natural laws, I think, are the exception, not the rule. They're more like scoff laws, defying the strictly enforced anarchy of the Lord. Like a living weed popping up through a crack in the sidewalk. Uh, joining me now, Mick Diffler. Hey, Mick. Hey. In this rich vein of, of crime that is New York, the subway slashing is kind of a mainstay. Yeah. On the platform of the A-Train, deep Brooklyn, like near Coney Island, Beach 90th and the Rockaways. You, you live on the Lower East Side. Right. And uh, have you been there the whole time you've been in New York? No, I first got here. It was in, uh, well, I was on a couch with my buddy in uh I never saw him. He was upstairs, and the guy who ran it was downstairs, a guy from Malta. The Maltese. There's a large Maltese community in Astoria. Yeah, Subway rider, he was on the phone with his girlfriend right. talking about the Facebook killer and how crazy the world is. And he was uh, he ended up being slashed in the face and arm by a total stranger. He thought he was the man. He thought he was aiming his words at him. Christopher uh, Louise Marr, 30 years old, sitting on a platform bench in the A station, Beach 90th and the Rockaways. That's the station. It's not ADA compliant, by the way. That was one of the well, What's this guy doing talking on this? Doesn't he know you're supposed to just sit there with your hands folded looking forward? Stop Jesus. showing off with your device. <laughs> like, oh. Talking to your girlfriend. Oh, Come and on. I've got a girlfriend, everybody. <laughs> and an opinion. Yeah. I am disparaging the Facebook yeah. killer. Stevie Steve of Cleveland, who, uh, it was uh, such a crazy story already that it had to have some kind of crazy ending like that. I mean, it really, it really built to a peak and it was fast too. I mean, that's what you want is just, you know, you don't have to like wait and wait and get tired of it and stuff. Manhunts get old. They do. This guy said he was a coward. He says the guy killed himself. Here he is yapping into his phone. That's yapped is the word that uh, the post used. You know, that's a degree of victim blaming, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yapping. They take liberties, the Post. Talking to his good friend, Ramel Bell. Well, they do. Uh, the Post does and the Daily News. And you want to talk about liberties. I'd say that if we're talking about liberties, New York Times, the, the freest newspaper <laughs> in town, although it's 250. Uh, the deranged suspect was standing on the other side of the turnstile. He was... This guy, he had to jump a turnstile to, to, to cut this guy. Yeah. He thought he was talking to him, hopped over to confront him. 
He tried to explain to the guy he was speaking to his girlfriend, not him, but he wasn't having it. He got three cuts, 80 stitches. Uh, That's just, a lot of stitches. I mean, it takes a while. It's uncomfortable. 80 stitches, I guess, in his face. I mean, he got cut on his, his cheek, neck, and right forearm. Yeah. Talking loudly into a cell phone, whether you yeah. think they're talking about you or not, is offensive. I don't know how people sit on a train together and talk at these loud, full-throated volumes. Right. Yeah. I'm always in a, a whisper. You know, if I, I can talk as long as the person I'm talking to can hear me, that's fine, you know. Exactly. I don't, the last thing I want to do is advertise what my conversation's about. Yeah. Some people are just lonely. <laughs> Exhibitionistic. <clears throat> and it's, it's not enough to be talking to the person you want to talk to the whole train. But I like the fact that he jumped over the turnstile. It shows, you know, initiative. He... He wanted to get there, and he got there. Yeah, he yeah. could have swiped in. Could have wait. Could have waited. I think. I think he owes the MTA the two fifty for coming in. And yeah. so well, if nothing else, he'll be charged with that. This comes a week after an editor for the real estate blog, a brownstoner, was slashed by a homeless maniac who was out to get her iPhone. Too many homeless people <laughs> with cutlery. Yeah. I mean, if you, what the hell you need a phone for? Who are you calling? Homeless people really can sometimes smell bad. Yeah, it's a weird, it's got a smell of its own. It's a From weird, ass and, uh, and feet. Kinda. That's what I hate about summer is when these homeless people start taking their shoes off. Yeah. They stink up a whole car. Right, right. With their fucking feet. Well, then, you ha- I mean, you have to feel bad for anybody that's got to sleep on a car or anything like that. And there's a lot of, a lot of them are mentally ill, too. Well, but the, the, the guys that piss me off are the ones that are these healthy, you know, 25-year-olds. Like, they'll be sitting on a corner with a sign, uh, traveling. <laughs> need need help. Yeah. And I'm I, like, well, you don't get the whole... You're supposed to save... If you're on vacation, you're supposed to save up, you know. Yeah. Make a plan. Sort of... Yeah. You, you plan within your budget so you don't wind up on yeah, a corner. That's your problem. Poor planning. Obviously, uh, I'm not your dad. <laughs> and um, they'll be in a group. They have backpacks and shit. They're, they seem like urban campers. Stupid motherfucker. It's... I wonder... You know what leads a person to just say, "I'm going to abandon normal life," and I think I'm just going to um, sit here. <laughs> I want to camp out. Homeless people they start to uh, they start to become a bit of a problem. Now here's another problem, and I think this is severe. This is the phenomenon that goes on nationwide, and it's a big part of life in New York City. Lack of uh, any ability to take personal responsibility for your life. Or death, in this case. A widow and, and, and the daughter of a, of a Brooklyn man who killed himself by jumping off the GWB filed a $10 million lawsuit against the board authority saying the agency should have installed suicide prevention barriers to stop him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and the other troubled souls who have flocked almost daily to the span to kill themselves. A lot of people jump off. The, all, it's the suicide bridge of choice. All bridges should be lowered to three feet. Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's what I think. It's not the, right. There should be a team on call at all times to talk these people down. They come and they... T- there was one guy who was going to jump off the bridge and they, they came and got him. And uh, two weeks later, as soon as he got a chance, he went right back to the bridge and jumped right the fuck off. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, eventually you're going to do it. Another guy jumped off of a uh, building in... Uh, I think it was in the Bronx. And he... Uh, he he had tried to jump the previous night. Cops came and got him. He went to uh, spend 
his time in uh, Bellevue or whatever it was, you know, because they, they make him stay for a certain amount of hours after that. Imagine the moment time. he gets out, runs back, <laughs> and jumps off that fucking building. That son of a bitch. I think that the I penalty... I guess he showed them. Yeah, he did. You wasted your time. <laughs> I think that it's like getting a kitten out of a tree, you know. If they want to come down, they will. Uh, the, since the death of a Rutgers student in September 2010, this is according to uh, the court papers, hmm. well, the George Washington Bridge has become a suicide magnet. I like that term. You know, if you've ever dated anybody who wanted to kill themselves, you you know what a... Everyone I've dated wanted to kill themselves. <laughs> but, I mean, eventually... Suicide magnet. Yeah. They say, <laughs> I, I think they just want to get you really emotionally involved is what it feels like. I'm talking about one person in particular that I was with who just, like, really liked the topic, you know, wouldn't uh-huh. get off it. And, and she would, like, cut at her wrist, like, with, like, uh, a, a razor sometimes. Yeah. She did this one time. She sat there opening it up little by little. Cutter. Yeah, but she had never been a cutter before. Yeah. on her Right there on her veins and, and, and threatened to open a vein, it was just disgusting. And, and, and eventually you just go... Yeah, you should. Yeah. And uh, it would solve a lot of problems for me, actually. If you would just go ahead. I, I'm never <laughs> going to try to talk anybody out of that ever yeah. again. I don't care. I had a couple friends commit suicide over the years. Really? Yeah. How did they do it? Or do you talk about it? Two of them hung himself. I uh, had a buddy, Jimmy, hung himself at 21. And then when I was about 24, another guy. His wife actually was, well, not his wife, but girl he was living with called me they had three kids and uh called me at my apartment oh you got i couldn't even understand her you know and, and i pulled up to the house mm-hmm. and uh three cop cars are there and i walk in and uh he's hanging from the ceiling fan and the wow. co- two cops are standing around him having coffee whoever installed that ceiling fan knew what the fuck they were doing <laughs> and i said aren't you going to cut him down they said no we can't till the coroner gets here and i go oh okay and then uh, I went outside. I came back in, and uh, they all started yelling at me. Apparently, you're not allowed to reach into the deceased pockets, no matter how long he's owed you ten bucks. So, yeah. it's really none of their business. I wonder what would happen if somebody got uh, warm in the room, and they're like, "Let's get some air moving." You think? <laughs> Turn that on. I come in and he's spinning around. <laughs> hey, aren't you going to cut him down? Yeah, well, how about the other one? They, they both hung themselves. One was 21. One was, that was yeah. both, uh, both a couple of dust heads. I used to love that angel dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's PCP. It's got a high suicide rate. Dust. It's, uh, it's got a high murder rate as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, the uh, spree killer, Maxime Gelman, all hopped up on angel dust when he, he went on his killing spree, 28-hour killing spree, culminating in uh, his attempted murder of Joe Lazito. He did 25 more years for that. Rod- Rodney King was dusted. And they busted him. And that's why he just kept moving. He didn't feel a thing. Come on, Rodney. I mean, like, I bet he woke up with a hell of a hard uh, feeling, though. Oh, man, that was... He looked like shit. And then he drowned in a pool. I mean, that's what... At least he died in style. You know what I mean? That's Well, did you read... I think yesterday or something, there was a guy, he lit himself... He poured gasoline all over himself and in his car, and he burnt to death in the car. Yeah, he did do that. I couldn't think of a worse way to go. He he immolated himself is what they call that. Whatever happened to going to sleep? You know. This guy, 
uh, was profoundly troubled, I guess. Uh, he committed suicide, dousing himself, and he doused the inside of his car, too, uh, and then set the car ablaze on the shoulder. This is on Queens Highway early on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. They responded to a uh, firefighter's game, you know, because there's a car on fire. Right. And uh, there you go, you know. There was a guy, uh, he was sleeping nearby, uh, another guy, when he, the car woke and he heard the explosion, or, or the car was found, rather, and uh, he woke up when... Uh, he heard this, the car blow up. Uh, he right. said, uh, we thought someone slammed into the house. And then five minutes later, another explosions, and shooting 15, 20 feet into the sky. I guess that's a pretty exciting sort of a death. Yeah, but the pain. Well, you don't get to see it from a distance, I guess. You're kind of yeah. in the car. I, I, I agree. How long does it take to die from that? I, I would hope the smoke inhalation inside the car would at least make you unconscious. But you see these guys like in India, though. To protest, they'll set themselves on fire. and whew. It's like, don't you want to live to see this better world you're creating? Right. Or whatever. I, I don't even, what, what do you protest in India? Everything yeah. sucks. We saw them pull the body out on a stretcher. Wasn't much in the body bag, he says. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just, yeah, yeah. He basically uh, cremated himself. Yeah, right. Not much. You don't, you don't bring a body bag. Bring an urn. <laughs> Jar. I mean, it's a dustpan and a reasonable-sized broom. And just guess at it. Is that yeah. seat or... <laughs> right. I don't know if this is part of the steering wheel or if this is his femur. There are police sources said the man uh, stopped by his uncle's BP station. That's where he soaked himself in the car with gas. Uh, I wonder if he paid for that gas. I think you have to. I mean, it's his uncle's <clears throat> place, so yeah. maybe he gives him a little break. Well, that was his uncle's last thought. That motherfucker. I mean, he comes in and gets free gas. Yeah. Fuck that kid. He owes me My 12 bucks. nephew. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he said to the Mexican. Listen, uh, when he left, he actually didn't pay. <laughs> I mean, I hate to bring it up at a time like this. Yeah, but... I figure that it's one of those things, the more time it goes by, the harder it's going to be to track this down. They didn't identify the man. They said he had a history of psychiatric issues. Not surprising. Uh, the car was a 2005 Nissan Sentra. It becomes more clear why. <laughs> I don't know, man. The Sentra? I've driven worse cars. I had a Toyota Tercel. I got a lot of miles out of that thing. Uh, what a, yeah. the, first, the first car I ever had, my mother had a car, 1965 Chevelle. Now that's uh, a car. That's a that's a damn car. Well, it wasn't really my car. It was her car. She let me have it one it night. It still is a car, though. Right. And I went. We were at a party, and uh, you know everybody. You and your mother? No, no. She had lent me the car, and I was out with the guys. You know, God. and uh, we're in the party, and uh, somebody knocks on the door, halfway, you know, eleven o'clock or something, and says, uh, "Hey, somebody's car's on fire." I go outside, flames are shooting out the sides of the windows. Jesus. The windows are burnt out. There's the car's starting itself and all. Uh, totally, you know, totaled. And uh, Jesus, so I, I just left. And uh, I came home the next day. My mother was, why, why did you tell me the car burnt down? I said, I don't know. I thought you'd take it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I never, 
had good luck with it. My, on my way home from getting my driver's license, I got a ticket for speed. It, it's been nothing but trouble for you since the beginning. Sometimes it happens. A Queens man was, uh, who admitted to senselessly killing an innocent man over a napkin. This guy wanted to say, he, 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 he was about to serve 22 years and, uh, for killing a guy over a napkin in a diner. Right. And uh, he says, look, uh, I, I want to get married first, right? Uh, well, it turns out the guy was engaged. <laughs> the guy he killed. The judge says, uh, it's an insult to the victim's family to ask for adjournment so you can plan a wedding. Shows you lack remorse. That was uh, a Supreme Court Justice uh, Kenneth Holder speaking. Uh-huh. And this is what he told um, the, the fellow who wants the time off of the killer's name. The killer's name, Fruit Quana Hawkins. Fruit Quana. Uh, I've heard names, you know. Fruit Quana's new. I, uh, that's her name? or That's the name of, no, that's the, name of the killer. Fruit oh. Quana. It's a fella's name. That's yeah. That's the, that's the weird part. I've been, a guy named Fruit Quana. I think it's starting to make sense why he's confronting people in diners over napkins. It, it's like a boy named Sue times ten. It finally boiled over. A boy named Fruit Quana. <laughs> yeah. If I ever have a son, I'm gonna name him Jeff or Roy or anything but Fruit Quana. It's got to start with fruit. I really want to fuck with them. <laughs> Not just fruit. It's got to be fruit something. Yeah. Hawkins at 36. He pleaded guilty to the murder of uh, Timothy Tripp. It sounds like a guy that got murdered. You know? Timothy yeah. Tripp. He's a, that's a harmless guy. Tim Tripp. Yeah. Timmy. Timothy Tripp. Inside the Edge Bar and Lounge on Merrick Boulevard in Jamaica. If your name's Timmy Tripp, stay out of Jamaica. Jamaica's not uh, the worst neighborhood, not the best. It's far the fuck out there. Right. It's the longest you can go and not be in Long Island. Well, it's amazing that the, the shit that can happen, you know, especially in, in this city or, or anyone, really. I mean, you got all these plans, what you're going to do with your life and all that, and some yeah. some asshole can end it in a second. Yeah, by, by fucking with your napkins and making you have to shoot him. Right. Now you got to go to jail. Are you, you, That's, I don't are understand. You, I don't a, think you get what I'm saying. I mean, I'm talking about the other guy. A murder uh, is a is a hard thing for a guy to get over. That's traumatic. It's the height of rudeness. It's you know what? It's it's downright antisocial. Is what it is. Oh, it, glad. It, Thank God we're taking a stand. Yeah. Somebody has to, because uh, according to the Department of Justice, you know we have a really light, uh, a soft on crime stance here. Mm-hmm. Did you hear Jeff Sessions made that remark? He was talking about sanctuary cities, and New York City is one of them. And, he, and he, he claimed that it was gang shooting after gang shooting in New York City. I don't know about that. I guess there's some, you know, but it's not Chicago. Yeah. And he said, uh, you know, which is not surprising considering New York City's soft on crime stance. And then the mayor and uh, Commissioner O'Neill decided to have a press conference to, you know, refute that you know right. we are not <laughs> we're not soft on crime what are you talking about now they did have some good numbers to tout so far 2017 is the safest on record which is uh hey that's great right. you know that's great everybody's happy about that um and uh you know and everything's down what do they call their index crimes i looked on their twitter they have this nice little graphic you know that they put up <laughs> in response 
they they went ahead and said, look, this is. Uh, they said it was really insulting. Those are the words he used. I like to think of myself as a pretty calm and measured person. This is O'Neill talking. And uh, Commissioner O'Neill, he says, I think most of the time I present myself that way. But when I read that statement by DOJ this afternoon, my blood began to boil. And I knew I had to cut someone. <laughs> I said, some black kid's getting shot. If that's what you need. Uh, Honey, where's my gun? <laughs> since 1993, murders decreased... Uh, 82%. Going back to 93, we're all going to be, it's always going to be a big decrease. 82%? Yeah. You know, murder was like, I think it peaked in 90 at 2,500, something like that, a year. Now we're down around 400. That's pretty good. But, you know, the the crack epidemic is basically over. Yeah. Well, now it's um, the oxys and all, but they're Mm -hmm. just dying. They're dying on their own. Usually. Uh, there, was, there was a Long Island couple that did a big Bonnie and Clyde uh, drugstore oh, yeah, robbery. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they shot a couple of people. Father's Day. Shot a dad on Father's Day in the fucking drugstore. Yeah. You know, just because you're on Oxy and you need drugs and you're going to rob a drugstore, you don't have to be perverse. Right. You know, you, you don't have to just Father's make it Day. awful. And the shootings have decreased 81% since 93. Overall crime down 76%. He said, these are the facts. Uh, Bill de Blasio called statements unacceptable during the press conferences. The press conference. He says, uh, the notion of calling this city and our police department soft on crime is unacceptable on its face. It flies in the face of everything we have seen over the last quarter century in this city. We did not become the safest big city in America by being soft on crime. But hold on now. Nobody's saying Giuliani's soft on crime. Nobody's saying Bloomberg is soft on crime. You can't really brag about those statistics, de Blasio. You're the one making it a sanctuary city. And, and here's another thing uh, I, want, I want to say to Bill de Blasio. Uh, why didn't you get this worked up when there were Black Lives Matter protesters in the streets screaming for the cops' blood? He didn't you, know, get the, you know he's listening, too. Yeah, he, he's a big listener. Let me ask you. When, I have lunch with him sometimes. When crime, when crime start go, starts going down, do you get a little depressed since this is the crime report? <laughs> no, it never goes down that much. Okay. It's funny. It's like the stuff I read about, it doesn't seem to like necessarily factor into all these numbers, but I guess it does. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I always look at those as like gang shootings or not not, not all gang shootings, just but, uh, you know, uh, drug shootings. And a lot of stuff happens in, in, in the outer boroughs and in, and, uh, and, and, frankly, places that, you know, it's not really very interesting. Uh, to, to be like, oh yeah, another drug dealer got shot or something, you know. Sure. But like, when somebody, uh, you know, shoots somebody over a napkin or something like that, you know, uh, that's interesting. Uh, when yeah. somebody, uh, you know, like like say when a an old guy when that's my favorite kind of a crime is when an old guy goes nutsoid and he just one day takes out his gun and shoots everybody in the fucking family, yeah. shoots both the dogs, yeah. and then eats the barrel. And, uh, and he, he's done. he knew he was going to do that for a couple of years. I mean, that's not something you just go, you know what? The, you didn't get want, it all planned. I didn't like the potatoes. <laughs> not so sure. Place. I think they get they get a little older and they don't have the impulse control anymore. Yeah. They're like, you know what? I've had this gun here for a long time. I think that's part of it. If they've got something sitting there, I wonder if it works. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you pop, you just can't stop. <laughs> You got the commercial down now. De Blasio was super pissed about this, and and he was sh- he he was sh- and the first thing he did was he goes the Department of Justice said this, which means uh, Jeff Sessions has to answer to this, 
which means Donald Trump has to answer for this. So he takes it all the way to Trump, first thing out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. So that's what it took. He will defend the cops so long as he can oppose Trump at the same time. Because he's a prick. He's just a fucking... I, I mean, look, I mean, I hang with the guy. We spend time together. <laughs> you do? Yeah, man, I see... The mayor is, like, kind of a... He's one of those kind of friends. You'll see him often, you know, but then you'll have, like, lunch or some shit, and we talk about all this stuff, you know, and uh, and I every time I come to the same conclusion, I'm like, dude, your problem is you're married to a black lesbian, and I'm sorry. You know, and then I just start busting his balls. I'm like, hey, you really fuck that woman? No. Come on. No way. Shirley and McRae. Would you put your dick in that? I wouldn't put his dick in that. You get, like, rickles when you're around the Blasio, don't you? <laughs> I got to zing him. I mean, like, you know, he thinks because he's the mayor, he's above it. And uh, he's a tall guy. First time I met him was in a, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the 72nd Street. It's up there on the west side, that hot dog place. I can't think of the name of that place. A papaya dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know the papaya dog? And there's the mayor standing there. I said, you know, I got some good ideas. After our niceties and everything, we kind of led to that. And, uh... I'm not like an official consultant, but uh, you know, I wasn't swept up in all the scandals and all that. But um, you know, it, it's it's still you know, it's it's cool to feel like you're a part of. You know what I mean? Even though I, officially, I can't stand the fucking guy. I, I think he's the worst thing to ever happen in New York City. Uh, now, I, one thing I failed to mention about that earlier story with the fucking uh, slashing, the headline was great: "Confused Maniac." <laughs> so he was not only a maniac. He was confused about the guy's conversation. Yeah, there's two things you don't want to get. <laughs> the guy has a bad case of confusion. Uh, uh. What do you think about the suicide magnet bridge, the, the GWB? I mean, uh, suicide attempts at the bridge occur at the rate of one every three and a half days, according to the suit. They did give this guy $10 million. That means once every three and a half days, that's another $10 million that's going to cost the city. We can't afford that shit. Uh. To, I mean, think of the guys who would jump off just for the money, you know, for their family. I don't, I don't see how the city survives just from lawsuits from people tripping on sidewalks and stuff. Every day you read somebody got, uh, yeah, another these bullshit lawsuits. Bucks. And they get money. Al Sharpton's daughter had one of those pending with the city for a while. I think she got paid some money. Yeah. And she only walked with crutches and shit, of course, when she was in the city. Then she's on the way to go... Uh, I don't know, she had some big hiking weekend or something like that. That's what I don't understand. These fucking people who are, say they're, you know, whatever they do, they're getting disability for some shit or they're getting insurance claims off an accident. They can't resist going hiking or water skiing mm -hmm. or regular skiing or, or something that really proves it, you know. Yeah. I could resist that. I have no problem resisting that. I can and resist they, it for the rest of my life. And they lose their, their whole million or whatever. Yeah, they lose what they what they were getting, and it's like you were already fucking winning just by cheating these motherfuckers yeah. anyway. You know, I mean, the insurance company. You, you figure like, I, I don't know. I don't want to see anybody get stolen from or whatever, and certainly not by a lazy ass like fucking like somebody with a suit. But like, I don't, I mean, it's hard to have too much sympathy for the insurance companies. But I guess we end up paying it eventually. Well, you brought up Sharpton. If you have I, mean, I can respect the guy who fights for his people and all that, but when he didn't pay uh, the whole 
Tawana Brawley thing. He was supposed to, uh, you know, he lost the lawsuit and he, he's never paid that supposedly. All right, he got sued by the uh, by the the people that were supposed to have raped right, her. Right, right. Yeah, because they found that it was all bullshit. I mean, it's not surprising. I mean, he's a he's a thug, you know. I mean, he's he's not a reverend, really. I don't think. I mean, where's his church? I've never seen him preach, and he he thrives on racial problems, you know. And so he's like trying to. Con- I mean, I don't know what. You know, he's kind of dropped out of sight. Have you noticed that? I haven't seen Al Sharpton or heard from Al Sharpton, I feel like, in over a year, maybe two. That's a lot of suicides, one every three and a half days. That must be a hell of a, like, fucking... You look at the picture of the bridge, and it's it's okay. It doesn't seem like to be any big deal. I mean, why not? Uh, Is is it the one that's just, like, certainly high enough, it'll kill you, and it's like, there must be something really appealing about it. Well, tell me if you read the, like, I read the paper like this. I'll read a headline. I know what's going on with, like, we could be at war and somebody could say, hey, we're at war, right? And I'll go, yeah, but that's, that's all I know. I don't know who it's with or anything, you know. <laughs> but, like, I'll, re- I'll read an article, and if it looks like it might be interesting, mm-hmm. I'll read down. But most stuff I just know the headlines of. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm not going to waste my time reading the whole paper. Oh, for Christ's sake. Who's got man used to do. I mean, we're talking about... You know, what's the new the, the New York Post? That's what you read, right? No, I read uh, Daily News most of the time. How about that? You're on the other team. I'm going to tell you my comparison, and my listeners have heard this many times before. But uh, I, I think the Post and the, and the Daily News, they both have a lot of personality. They're just different. Yeah. Like the the New York Post is like your angry dad yelling at you, and the Daily News is like your lying girlfriend trying to explain why she was out until three fifteen. <laughs> That means she's leaving shit out, and uh, you know, and the post yeah. is just like emphasizing and sensationalizing the shit that you know that, that that they like to talk about. Well, I'll read the post once in a while. I mean, both of them are, are kind of like, uh, you know, when when there's headlines like, uh, you know, they'll give their opinion, which isn't what the paper's supposed to do. Mm. You know, you know, we just report the facts based on the last year. Of watching uh, news on television and, and, and sometimes reading uh, the Times and whatever, the, I think the New York Post, if it hasn't always been, is a shining beacon of objective journalism. Yeah. It is just so much better than than I mean, like CNN. Don Lemon now is a full blown pundit. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. He's arguing with with <laughs> with his guest, which is fine if you are a pundit, but if you're a you know, the anchor, if you're the, uh, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to report. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is money, uh, money you know, no matter what the the area is. Mm-hmm. You know, they got ratings. All right. We're selling more papers. All right. You're right. You it's know. clickbait. It's, uh, and, and with the, the TV stuff, I was talking to my friend Hank Gallo the other day. Hank is, uh, if, if you guys don't know, the guy at the end of the show who says, uh, is it over? That's Hank. He is uh, a, a, the last of the newspaper reporters, the last of the true, you know, like when newspapers mattered a little bit. And, uh, you know, we were playing cards the other night. And we were talking outside, having a cigarette. And he says, uh, you know, where they went wrong, the news, the TV news, is that they started becoming uh, the entertainment right. department is taking over in, uh, for the network. For instance, uh, yeah. it started with 60 Minutes was not supposed to be a hit. It was supposed to be something that people. Uh, it, was, it was just before um, Ed Sullivan right. at eight, 
And so when 60 Minutes came on, it, you know, it's just supposed to be a, a long-form uh, kind of journalism thing. Same with Nightline. Uh-huh. Yeah. He said that, uh, and then and then sixty minutes they got they got they got some ratings, and they started uh, they had some car commercials then, you know, and then once that happened, they they that's when the money started, and then eventually, you know, when Mike Wallace and then uh, all these guys get taken over by the entertainment department, yeah. now it becomes, hey, you have to chase these ratings all the time, and I guess this is spread and spread and spread, and now, you know, that's where you get these. Uh, the crawls and everything with the, the, the right, everything yeah. on the screen looks it, it's it's like uh, your brain's not busy enough you gotta like and, and, and like yeah and, and like that's not a good way to report the news anyway I mean how accurate is that gonna be uh, there, there's a lot of uh, it's it's just not right and the news cycle used to be so you know uh, boring you know there'd be one car accident that happened in San Diego and you're watching it over and over again remember when it was like that when you watch yeah. CNN and you're just like okay I got it you'd have to go away and come back yeah well, I don't watch CNN at all anymore because it just yeah, makes me, makes me fucking angry. Uh, not the news of the world, just the way they report it. I swear to God, they've had guys on there twice, conservative people or whatever. And I don't give a shit if you politics. Suppose people don't want to hear it, but they've literally. I mean, this is just. I'm talking about journalism here. You know, that's what I'm concerned about. They shouldn't do this to anybody. Cut them off, and it goes to a test pattern. And they go, "Oh, we lost the feed." <laughs> And it happens it's one way. when they say something that they don't like. And they're so obvious about it, you know? Mm. Why not cut the guy's mic and say, we're having trouble hearing you, you know what I mean? Like, make it real. But they don't even mm. try to hide it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's what they call Orwellian, I'm afraid. Now, Trip, Timmy Trip, dead. This is a senseless act of violence, according to the ADA. Karen Ross, the victim, was shot for no reason. Video shows the victim was dancing and having a good time, not affecting anyone. Well, he should have known you were going to get yours. Here's the way it happened. That's what you want to know. What happened with these napkins? Hawkins, 36 years old, that's Fruit Quana. He pleaded guilty to the murder. And uh, what happened was he, he grabbed a bunch of napkins off the victim's table. An argument ensued. And then Tripp picked up more napkins and threw them at Fruit Quana. And, uh, Big mistake. and then Fruit Quana pulled out a gun and opened fire. And you know, he was thinking, you know what? You can have the, the uh, napkins back. Yeah. Here you go. Hey, you tell him Fruit Quana's napkins. <laughs> Another <laughs> senseless act of violence. Uh, well, they should just report s- sensible acts of violence. Okay, well, why don't we do that? Because I happen to have one right here, Mick. This is in Violent Brooklyn. Bushwick, a cyclist attacked by two men in a car who broke his arm and jaw after he refused to pull to the side of the road and let them pass around some double-parked cars. Yeah. And and as we as you listen to the story, it will become even more reasonable. First of all, there's a guy in Bushwick. It's, uh, he's he's uh, like a white kid, uh, age 31, actually. But that's... I'm getting to where 31's, I can say, 31 kid. A uh, dog walker. So he's a dog. He's a dog. He owns a dog walking business called Bushwick's Brooklyn Bow Wow. Mitch Norgan, and it's not Morgan. It's Norgan with an N. That's an asshole name. I, I'm sorry. That's an asshole name. Norgan. Morgan. It's Norgan. He has to say that every fucking time. Sounds Swedish or something. Mm-hmm. Swedish, like he's kind of a kind of a sweet fucking. 
No, I meant like Scandinavian. Oh, I hear you. Norgan. Norgan. Yeah. <laughs> like Portland Norgan. Like a sissy Viking. He was riding north on Sidam uh, Street, Soydam Street, between his apartment and business on April 5th. Well, you know what? A driver tried to squeeze past him before the light on the corner of Irving Avenue turned red. He was trying to beat that red light. Well, this fucking guy, here's the way he describes it. Norgan. He's an avid writer, Norgan, who says he's uh, not afraid, this is a quote, not afraid of arguing with drivers. And he refused to get out of the car's way. Okay. Just just hearing him say not afraid to argue with drivers, uh, and this is what he's saying after he beat all the fuck, broken arm and a broken jaw. You Maybe, should get now afraid. Now he's afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even ride a bike in New York. It's uh, That's pretty insane right there. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Much less being an avid and I'm rider. I'm not going to give shit to the, to the, you know, two-ton vehicle that's uh, behind me either. Yeah, it's a two-ton vehicle or the, the, the big angry man in there. Because right. this gets even more egregious. You can get so, so far, I'm already convinced it's sensible violence. Uh, but maybe it takes more for you. So he, he says he's not afraid. He said he refused to, get out of, refused to get out of the guy's way. He says, if I don't think it's safe to pass, I don't give people room. So he's intentionally holding him back. Now, the guy's driving. He's a grown man. He knows if he has room. Get the fuck out of his way. Right. Simple as that. Well, he... Uh, he started arguing with them, and he and he told them that they would uh, see that it, they they both you know pulled up the red light here. Three men inside. It's a Nissan Maxima. That's where he gets all his confidence. It's not like uh, an intimidating sort of vehicle. They started arguing with him, and they told him that they'd fight him if he scratched their car because it's just sitting there. I guess you know what I mean, like uh, motionless, yeah. obstinate. You know, just a jackass on the road. And now, guys on bikes a lot of times have this sort of a, mm, a chip on their shoulder, I would say. Well, now a couple of laws have been passed, and they have some uh, some rights and stuff. So it's almost like the um, the special needs people are getting a little uppity. I've noticed that. I've noticed you know. that. They, they don't want to be regarded uh, a certain way. Yeah, they'll bang and, into you with a wheelchair. Hey, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, seemingly, and and you're like, what? I mean, I, the ramp is for yeah. people who have legs too, right? Why should Good I get out point. of your way? My ramp too. Shut it down. <laughs> uh, I think that they you when you do this appeasement, it makes it worse. Right. Bike lanes. Yeah, we got to stop these people. Uh, basically, if if you have an argument with a cyclist, I'm on your team. Count on it. Well, my my wife rides a bike, so I should add that uh, she also obeys, you and me obeys against the her. Law. I mean, I'm on your team, Mick. You know? She obeys the law. <laughs> well, if you obey the law, that's fine. Do you think she would have let these guys around? I would assume so. Yeah, I think, so. I think this guy is particularly an asshole. It might not be everybody on a bike. It's uh, although you know, there's that one guy on a bike. He killed somebody. Oh, yeah, ran right, right. Ran Central over. Park, yeah. Yeah, that was something. Yeah. You can get killed like that. I had no idea. Now, she was not, you know, a brand new to the world or anything, or in her, or in her prime. She, she was in her 50s. Shape, yeah. yeah, but still. It was her fault. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, don't be in the park if you can't handle getting run over by a bike. I was going 60 miles an hour, I think. Who do you think you are walking in the park? I mean, it's uh, there's some confusion over whether or not it's a bike lane or a walking lane. I, I love that that was the defense. You know what I mean? They're like, that was the bike lane she was in. They're right next to each other. You yeah. see the lady. Maybe they don't hit her. You don't have to hit her. How's hell? It's there's a lot of room. You know, move. Now it's Go the around. accident lane. <laughs> now it's actually the uh, Memorial Barbara Stern lane. <laughs> you remembered her name? I just made it up. Oh, what if that was it though? I think it's close. She was. She worked at CBS or something. Yeah. I I love the line. If I don't think it's safe to pass, I don't give people room. Now, as he and the car pulled up, like I said, they said, if you scratch my car, we're going to kick your ass. Now, Norgan took, he told one of the men uh, that he should uh, see a dentist for bad breath and started pedaling off. Uh, but, uh, see, that's when his luck ran out. He signed his death warrant then. He, he made a big uh, error in judgment in insulting this person's breath because uh, this person... Uh, Nobody in the car took it well. The driver jumped out of the car, kicked him off his bike. <coughs> he was trying to pedal away. Uh, it didn't work out. Kicked him off his bike. Um, so, obviously he fell, landed on the curb, and that's when he broke his arm. Broken jaw is tough, too. You can't, you can't eat for like six months. Uh, you lose a lot of weight. Oh, but it's rough. the jaw is still yet to come. This is just a broken arm so far. Yeah. Driver jumped back into the car. He tried to speed off. Norgan got up and stood in front of the vehicle so it couldn't get away. Wow. I guess he doesn't think it's safe, and he's not going to let him pass. He's filled with, like, magical white boy strength. He, uh, then all three men, at this point, all three of the men get out of the car, and for some reason it notes they were wearing baseball hats. They surrounded Norgan while the man in the passenger seat socked him in the face, sending him careening to the ground and breaking his jaw. <sighs> Sensible violence. That's good, clean fun. I mean, that guy right there, there's nobody in the city who deserved that to happen more right at that moment, I don't think. You know? I mean, like, there's eight and a half million people who think somebody deserves an ass kicking, but that guy right there, Earned it. He earned it every step of the way. Where were you? Where were you raised in the suburbs? Uh, I was raised down in uh, like Kentucky or South Carolina or something like that. Because I still can't believe that I still have a hard time with the pedestrians having the right of way. I, you know, where I'm from, you know, the cars own the road. You know, so when we when I see you. people walking in front of a car, you know, slowly, and I'm like, hurry the fuck up. Yeah. It's a certain kind of person who walks in front of your car, takes their fucking time. Ugh. And a lot of New Yorkers have that sort of mentality because, uh, well, I mean, you walk against the, uh, I mean, you're walking with the signal. Well, this guy's not uh, trying to just cross the street, though. He's standing in front of them so they can't get away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you ever get the urge to, do you drive here in the city? Rarely. I, I yeah. were U-Haul when I moved, you know, a couple times, but I try to avoid it. I like to... Uh, Occasionally get a zip car, head up to Long Island to play some cards, up to yeah. Roslyn Heights, uh, the richest guy I know. I sometimes get to go play you cards with. De Blasio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Giuliani. Yeah. So what do you think about this guy? 
I mean, you know, the paramedics, they come, they take a picture of the car's license plate before it pulled off. A witness scribbled the, the same number down on a piece of paper, turned that over to the police. As of Wednesday, this is two weeks after the attack. No one's been arrested. Yeah, how's that? I, I don't know. I think that they... Uh, don't they care about an organ? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Look, Mitch Norgan has his jaw wired shut. I guess he must, he still has it wired shut. Hello, did you get them yet? <laughs> God damn it, what are you doing? If these things take time, Norgan. We're doing the best we can. We have a team of detectives. <laughs> they are really trying to track this car down. This black yeah. Nissan Maxima license plate, this. Yeah. Look, they're slippery. As uh, of Wednesday... Still no rest, as I said. Now these uh, detectives at the 83rd Precinct contacted him to schedule an appointment to look at driver photos. He, uh, so I guess that's going to happen. He rides 15 to 20 miles a day. He said aggressive confrontations with drivers aren't anything new to him. No shit. He said all types of people uh, threaten my life all over the city. <laughs> I bet they do. It's... It's like he's not he's not seeing it, you know. You don't see the pattern. He's too close to it. Oh, he likes it. Really? That gives him a feeling of power, I think. Hmm. I'm bike man. <laughs> God damn it. I'm not afraid of anybody. I don't take any shit. Twice he'd been intentionally hit by drivers. He's the underdog of bike riders. He he said someone lobbed a beer can at his helmet. <laughs> Although he said this is the first he's time he, he sustained serious injuries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been hit twice. Yeah. Intentionally hit twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't accidentally get hit with a beer can. Yeah. Well, no, by the car. Oh. By a car. He's been in- intentionally hit by drivers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't say intentionally if it was like, you know, some someone accidentally beamed him in the head. Does your wife... A full beer can. Does she ride enough? Does she ride daily? No, every couple of days she'll okay. ride in the work or she'll... Yeah, and, and has anybody ever intentionally hit her? No. Has anybody ever thrown a beer can at her? Not to my knowledge. Now, finally, no. has anybody ever gotten out of the car and uh, kicked her off the bike and then punched her in the face? Once. <laughs> <laughs> but she deserves it, i got to say. That's the thing. It's important to take sides when they're present, and then know the objective truth when they're not. There's two kinds of truth. There's the objective truth and the emotional truth. Women are very conversant in the emotional truth. Mm -hmm. The objective truth, it's something they struggle with sometimes, I've found. And I'm not saying that in a misogynist sense. Uh, It's just that I hate women. (laughs) Uh, It says, as a cyclist uh, who doesn't think people should be able to have their own cars in New York City, he often chases after drivers who cut him off and demands an apology. What that? Who doesn't think people should have their own cars? Yeah, that should be not allowed, according to Norgan. Mitch Norgan, 31, Bushwick, owner of the uh, Brooklyn Bow Wow. Wow. I think Mitch just stepped over the line there. Yeah, he wants to get rid of Car cars. And see. Now, actually, he's not out of line with our former mayor, who I think is the best mayor in my lifetime uh, that I, you know, uh, Bloomberg, a guy who would take money out of his pocket to make shit happen because he had, you know, $22 billion or whatever. But, you know, hey, what's $375,000 when you got that kind of loot? But he would spend it. He didn't have to do that. And he he thought that, like, it should be all public transportation and bikes. 
uh, he's wrong and Mitch is wrong. You can't tell people how to get around. It's, it's cars. Don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Roll. He he said he would, and to chase somebody down and demand an apology in this city, <laughs> that's trouble. You're living in a dream world. You, how many people would you chase down in a day for every yeah. minor little confrontation yeah. that you might have, especially when you're holding people back and causing shit to begin with? Wait up. Don't you care about me? <laughs> I don't you're like care. everyone else, you prick. I mean, that is fucking funny. I just love to be the guy who goes, yeah, no. I'm. What about my feelings? Sometimes, you know, that guy might be a fucking maniac. He looks like... Did you, you see the photo of this guy? Did you see the so. photo of Norgan? I don't think I did. Well, let me just give you the idea of what he looks like here. I'm going to show you. Here he is right here. I, I did, but I forget. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's standing here in his mm-hmm. yellow shirt. And his uh, he has this, like, dark black hair and, and sort of, like, thick black eyebrows shaped like. He, he looks, he's a little bit Eddie Munster. Uh, he's standing obviously outside the precinct. There, they've taken his photo. He's like a Eddie Monster fucked De Niro. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a rough edge to him. Maybe John Cazal. <laughs> Except he's a, he looks a little bit like uh, there's a character actor who he was in uh, Goodfellas. He played the cripple brother. He looks a little bit like that. Yeah. You know, he's he's he goes home to prepare the sauce and all that shit. You know, and his brother is like, and he took his brother to the doctor, and then the doctor said, "I'm going to keep you." to look at because you're on coke I've, and really you know this is a, a source of news that's normally very sympathetic to this kind of person I mean they yeah. dnainfo.com is hyper liberal and uh, they, they have a lot of good stories I mean they're great for reading for crime DNA info I read them all the time um, but they just are you know you have to know how to read it and understand that that's what that they have an agenda and that's it you know I've read, I've read some really dumb shit in there before even them, uh, they they don't have <laughs> they don't have a lot of sympathy for this guy. You can tell in some of the words that they use it. They they don't uh, do anything to make this guy to dress up his image at all. You know, which I like. I like it when they finally get like a little bit of victim blaming because this is one situation where the victim is to blame. This yeah, fucking mean, kid is to blame. If I'm on a bike in New York City, all I'm thinking is, I hope I make it to where I'm going alive. And, yeah. I, and I live, that, that's it. You you're, know I mean? you're going moment to moment trying not to get killed. Yeah. And every moment, you're grateful that you're still breathing. Yeah. I'll have them roll the window down and say, this is my life you're risking, when he demands an apology. This is my life you're risking. And this is my time you're wasting. Yeah. I'm going to intentionally hit you next time. He, he hoped his attackers would be caught and that uh, drivers all over who intimidate cyclists on the road would be taken more seriously by police. <sighs> or else he'll have to take manners into his own hands and defend himself, he said. Uh, I think that's what you tried to do before. <sighs> and it didn't work out with those three guys. I, he said, that's a guy who, who picks a fight. You know, like uh, his uh, his fight's bigger than his stomach. You know what I mean? He said, I can get police to help me or I can carry pepper spray when someone threatens my life. I can ruin the interior of their car. <laughs> you can't even, re- I mean, seriously, you can't even really disagree with someone in the city anymore. I mean, look at the guy, uh, what did he get shot for taking a fucking napkin? Yeah. You know, like, you just got to be careful. Yeah, you can't go around doing that. You really can't. It's a thing. It's just, yeah. it's not done. We were, uh, 
Doug Adler and I were at my comedy buddy. We were at a. I know Doug Adler. Years ago, we we were at when uh, Gotham had an open mic. I was in a couple years. A guy, uh, we were waiting in line to get on, and we got on, and and then some other guy came in late. uh, Tall guy, burly looking guy, and he 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 said uh, he didn't get on. There wasn't enough room. He goes, I waited with the rest of these assholes, meaning us. Or these nudniks, or whatever he said, and uh, so I gave him the finger, and he's like, "What?" He walks by me like, "What? What are you? What are you doing?" And I just gave him the finger more. So he walked out, and uh, like a week later, Doug shows me articles. Remember, remember that guy you gave the finger to? I said, "Yeah." He goes, "He broke into Janice Franison's house. He's he's insane." <laughs> I go, "Oh, that's good. Hopefully hey, they'll keep him for a while." That's too bad he didn't get on that night. <laughs> He's, Did he, you guys see that one Friends? He's in, he, she's so much better than the rest. You see his cell out in L.A. He's got my picture on up on the wall. Yeah. I'll when I get out, that Diflo, Mick Diflo. You uh, promoting anything, Mick, that I can mention that you might want people all over the world, listeners in Sweden? And then well, uh, I think I got a couple of listeners. I think I have a listener in the Congo, if you're in the yeah. Congo. I'm looking for my furthest away listener. Why don't you get a hold of me? If you think you are the furthest away from New York City, hit me up, and uh, I'll tell you who it is next week. How about that? Well, you know, I, I'm sorry, well, You know, they, there's all these uh, net scams, people trying to get money and all that, a lot of right. Africa, Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I feel sorry for the one guy in Nigeria who's actually... Stranded and can't pay his hotel, but he got robbed last night. Yeah, you know he's kind of up shit creek, isn't he? Nobody will listen to him. Well, what about the uh, what about the real prince who actually has a lot of gold bars that he needs, you know, to right. put into a safe place? Yeah. He's fucked too. He can't put his gold bars anywhere. We have uh, other stories that we will carry over until uh, until another show. Uh, the only thing I'm promoting is. Uh, Cornelia Street Cafe next uh, May 15th. John, John Morrison has a great show there. That's Morrison Motel? Right, right. Still going. Well, he just started up again. Hmm. I think I'm banned from that place. I used to, I had a show there briefly. What happened? Uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, various things. Oh, you uh, had your, like, a monthly show? Yeah, it's, uh, I forget what we were trying to do at the time, but it was kind of like uh, there'd be some sketch in it and there'd be some comedy and I had a piano player and everything. It was actually really cool. Rick Crome, you know, he, if you don't know who Rick Crome is, you might recognize him from the first episode of Louie. He gives that big faggot speech. Mm-hmm. He was the piano player. Great guy. Super fucking, I mean, the guy's great on the piano. Yeah. Because his, that's his job. He wrote a musical, Urinetown. He wrote Urinetown. Yeah, he wrote the, wrote the score for Urinetown or something. Anyway, super cla- uh, classy guy too. Like we had one night where we didn't quite make our nut, and uh, you know it was gonna. I was gonna have to come out of pocket to pay him, you know. And he wasn't even asking much. It was like fifty bucks, you know. Oh. And he's like, uh, "I'm not. I'm not. You don't have to pay me if you didn't make any money, you know. I'm not gonna ask you for that. Just book me for the next one." I was like, "Okay, you're a cool guy." And obviously, uh, the show got uh, canceled yeah. because uh, I think it was because. Um, you know, I think we were just having too much fun, and uh, there weren't enough people coming yet. But I didn't know there was that kind of pressure. That yeah. guy takes a shit like fucking. He has so many shows there. Years named Robin something. I read a story about him the other day, and their rent went way up. 
It's like thirty grand a month, thirty five thousand dollars a month, some shit like that. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure down there in the West Village. So hey, I love the place. Cute showroom. It's like really fucking uh, like specialized, and and the 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 sound is great. I I, I saw a friend of mine playing uh, jazz there. And uh, he's a jazz drummer. He's got his own combo. Fucking killer. Great place for jazz. They have shows there every single night. Several shows all through the day. Cornelia Street Cafe. And it's on Cornelia Street down in the West Village. And you're going to be there on the 15th uh, for Morrison Motel. So uh, check that out. I've done that show before. It's been a long time. Yeah. I I, I think that he told John not to even (laughs) be back anymore. And then, you know, the show folded. I guess it's back. That's great. I saw John Oliver there. John Oliver oh, yeah. came in and did a spot on on Morrison Motel back before he was, you yeah, know. Yeah, he's got some great super uh, huge. Great acts. Mhm. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Mick. You know, um Thanks, always want to get to know you more. And uh you know, you're one of these guys who uh when I when I talk to you, I just fucking uh, it, it's weird, you know what I mean? You, you said it the other day. I said I'm talking to you off. You're like, "No, that's what people do." You're just like, is it because maybe it's your 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 counselor background or something? You seem good at faking, like you're not just utterly bored. I see you stifling uh, a yawn now. I understand. No, I'm listening. I mean, <laughs> no, I know you're listening, but that's, why, that's polite of you to stifle. You know, I'm actually interested in what people say. Yeah, how do you manage that? I don't know. <laughs> Either you, you do or you don't. But how do you project it? Is the other thing. You know what I mean? Like, how, how is it that people recognize that right away? I don't know. Mm. It's just a magic of Mick to flow. Eye contact, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's the way you're slowly grinding in the air. <laughs> I go, he's really enjoying yeah. this. Uh, at, at the end of my life, you'll find out that I didn't really give a fuck. I don't know. You know what? Maybe that's it. You know what Bennington told me? You know that guy? Ron Bennington, comic from Florida, from Forever Going. He's a huge radio personality and, and just a hilarious dude and a great guy. He, uh, I, I said, how's it going, man? How's everything? And he goes, oh, he goes, uh, every day's great if you don't care. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Yeah, it felt great. I, I really thought that is a great way to be. You know, that's, that's a great way to be. He's just like us, you know. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or very similar. Now, uh, there was something I was going to describe to you people out here on the show. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Listen, uh, I, I got, I got, uh, Somebody wanted to have an update on Mr. Talented. And honestly, I haven't gotten an, a, an email lately from Mr. Talented. I don't think the blog has been shut down. Um, but uh, the last thing I got, I think, was like November. Mr. Talented is uh, is dead. And he is still sending out, you know, blog messages because he set them to co- keep going, you know. And allegedly, if it was going to be for 10 years, we were going to be hearing from this guy just saying things like, Hey, it's a beautiful day, uh, I'm sure. Uh, too bad I'm dead. And then there's like a picture of him with, you know, uh, Megan Murphy or somebody. I don't uh-huh. know. And uh, whoever the hell that is. And he, he used to make bow ties out of like fucking odd things. And uh, he committed suicide in the most bizarre way. He, uh, you know, he, first he did a string of like sort of like odd hate crimes. He, w- he would walk up and try to speak to Asian women. And when they refused him... He would uh, bash him in the nose with, uh, you know, something hard inside of a bag. That's illegal. It it is in New York City. Huh. Yeah, and especially if you do it a bunch, it it begins to be recognized that this is a oh. guy. He did it four times that that they knew about. 
he then uh, decided to kill himself. Uh, he oh, went yeah. to a, an expensive building on the Upper East Side. He went to the basement. He, uh, under the elevator, tied his neck, tied himself by the neck to the bottom of the elevator and waited for somebody to push up. No shit. Well, they did. And uh, there, he, and so he, the way he figured it is that whoever pushed that button was inadvertently a killer. <laughs> And that he was in the clear on the suicide as far as, I guess, the afterlife goes or I'd, something. I'd have pushed the button, gladly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, try, try to stop me. You want to break people's noses? Fuck you. I would, I, yeah, I'd bid on it. He, was, he, he, he considered it an art project of some sort, you know, but he was very lonely, and he thought there was racism involved, and he was trying to start a race war <laughs> between, I guess, Asians and blacks or something. That would be interesting. He, huh? Go ahead. Well, it, he also was wearing a space suit. Oddly. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, this is just the thumbnail version. I mean, the guy's like a, you know, he won the Best Suicide Award uh, last time we had the New York City Crime Awards. You know, like, yeah, best, best Suicide of that year. Most notable. So, um, that's, uh, we didn't, we don't have an update on him uh, right now, but I'll tell you, the moment I hear from, um, the moment I hear from Mr. Talented, Mr. Listener, uh, I will uh, catch you up. And thanks for the interest. I appreciate it. Also, a couple of people did write in uh, with some uh, interpretations that they needed. And, uh, you know, I, I weirdly just answered them and didn't bring them on the air. So I think I'm going to bring those on the air so that you can hear what one of my interpretations sounds like. See, the thing is, I will interpret things for you. That's what you don't understand. And I will, I, I will read them on the air. And I will let you know what people meant by what they said. You know, like, what, did my, what, what, what did my ex-wife mean when she said that? What did they mean when they texted that? What, what does this mean? It could come from the government. It could come from a boss. It could come from your neighbor. Neighbors, a lot of times, there, there could be like some oddly passive-aggressive messages. I will tell you what it means. You may be in denial. I'm not. I'm objective. You're in it. Let me tell you. Let me explain the meaning behind any obscure message that you have. Write me, patdixonnyc at gmail.com. You got it, patdixonnyc at gmail.com. Please continue to go to uh, crimereport.nyc. It looks a little different now. Check it out and enjoy it. If you're not watching Compound Media, you're missing it. You're only getting half of the picture. You're only getting half of the information. You're only getting half of the great fun. Uh, this past uh, Friday, we had the video footage of the Ken Kratz and Tom Fossbender interview. And it's a cool thing to watch. Uh, because, you know, you, you get a shade of nuance. You get to actually uh, enjoy, first of all, watching me, which is, it's, uh, you shouldn't need more than that. If they just kept the camera on me and they answered the questions and no I just sound. sit there and it just shows me nodding, you know, yeah, with no sound even. Well, they, you should be satisfied. But it's so much more than that. And um, the live shows are fun on Mondays and a lot of other stuff is on the network. Florida special uh, that I'm doing is coming out on Monday as well. Mick DeFlo, uh, a pleasure talking to you, and uh, thank you one more time for being here. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our city Is it over? Find out how to get extra content and bonus material from this and other shows. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. Check it out. Support New York City Crime Report. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. A lot of racial shit this year. A lot of racial shit. White people are crazy.